We do uh, Rock Island from Music Man, <laughs> but I'm talking about Spider-Man 3. I'm talking about Spider-Man, Spider-Man, <laughs> Peter Parker. Uh, You'll get your rent when you fix this damn door. What do you talk? What do you talk? Hi, I'm Will. And I'm Makai. And welcome to Silver Lining. The podcast where we search for the best. Or worst. In things you hate. Or love. Ayo! <laughs> I'm in related news. We're trying out uh, new beginnings. To, uh, to uh, new beginnings. <laughs> oh my! Welcome goodness. to Silver Linings, Episode Four. We have four of these. Is this number four? This is number four. All right, we are up to eleven million viewers. That's right. We uh we have started streaming in Bangladesh, so that's exciting exclusively uh, bangladesh yeah america doesn't get it yet <laughs> if you're listening you're in bangladesh enjoy what? your green and red flag how do you know that because it looks exactly like the japanese flag <laughs> except for instead of a white background it's green and i always thought it was cool and i remember when i was in second grade i would wonder if there were other versions of the japanese flag also you know what? I'm looking at it right now, and the red circle is off-center. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing, too. It's slightly to the left. Yeah, they had to do that for, like, legal reasons or something. Because <laughs> Japan copyrighted a red circle in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> of course they would. Of course, Japan. What else? Um, what do they speak in Bangladesh? Bangladeshian. Is, is that true? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know so much about Bangladesh <laughs> already. And my knowledge the... is exclusively limited to the flag. Wait, wait. All right, I have something to say to our listeners. Okay. Hialo. That's um that's hello in uh Bengali. Oh, hialo. Hialo. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but yeah, let's uh let's talk about what today uh, on Silver Linings we're not talking about Bangladesh. Um, <laughs> I feel like we might get in some trouble if we talk about the good and bad things about Bangladesh. Yeah, especially what since are, we're only streaming in Bangladesh. So. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a conflict of interest. Um, but yeah, Makai, why don't you uh, tell the people what we're talking about today? Today. We decided, since last week we talked about Superman and probably talked about Spider-Man the exact same amount that we talked about Superman, <laughs> this week we're going to exclusively talk about Spider-Man. But we are going to talk about Spider-Man 3, uh, the Sam Raimi trilogy finale. Yeah. Um, of all the Spider-Man movies, tends to be the least reviewed, or like the lowest reviewed until recently. Yeah, like the most scrutinized. Yeah. Um, definitely. And then thanks uh, to Reddit culture, it's now everyone's favorite movie of all time. Yeah, uh, d and that sounds kind of familiar if you're a Star Wars fan. Exactly. Because now everyone loves Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith. But uh, yeah, Spider-Man 3, Mackay Kerr, how old were you when you saw this movie? Did you see it in the theaters? I was not, this was the last movie that I was not allowed to see in theaters. Spider-Man 2 was the first movie that was rated PG-13 that I ever saw in the theaters. Ooh, um, that's a big yeah, one. Yeah, great movie. Uh, one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. 
Um, but I did see Spider-Man three in the theaters with, uh, I think I saw it with my dad. Um, do you remember being young and like when you were finally allowed to watch PG 13 movies and like hearing them, like, I'll take a line from this movie. Like I defended you in high school and now I'm going to kick your little ass. And you're like, Oh, Harry, that's a bad word. (laughs) You know what? No, not really. Because growing up, like, I don't know. I remember the first movie I ever saw, not in the theaters, it was PG-13 or or rated more. I saw Terminator when I was like, oh. I was like seven when I saw Terminator. <laughs> so I don't know. I, it might have been bad parenting, but I grew up hearing those words in movies. Gotcha. But I was taught adamantly to never say those words. Right. And And I don't say those words. Even today, mom and dad, <laughs> never, I promise, never, never said one of those words. I didn't even know. I don't even know what words you're talking about. Yeah, me. What? What? I, I never say them or hear no. you say them. <laughs> We're just, it's your friendly neighborhood podcast. <laughs> See you, chump. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I saw this in theaters. Uh, when I saw it, I liked it, you know, because... Growing up, Spider-Man was my favorite superhero. Um, he has since been taken over by Superman. Um, see, we're already talking about Superman. Yep, there you go. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I I loved spider I loved the idea of a, a kid that was kind of made fun of, because I was made fun of growing up because I was short. Um, yeah, let's take a moment of silence for Will's shortness. Okay, that was a yeah. Anyway, that was a great moment of silence. Um, but knowing you, you're just gonna cut it down even to even a smaller. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be. It's just gonna. The words are gonna overlap each other. It'll it? just let's be take okay, a, a moment of silence for. Okay, let's go and. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I I like the idea of a nerdy kid who was made fun of who suddenly was, like amazing yeah <laughs> get it amazing spectacular amazing ultimate, yeah all of the above friendly neighborhood that <laughs> doesn't that that doesn't fit is okay. what i'm saying what? it's okay you know how long it took me to figure out what friendly neighborhood spider-man meant like this year many years what do you mean like i don't Isn't know it pretty for, self-explanatory <laughs> i thought you did you think the yeah <laughs> for whatever reason it didn't register it was like the friendly neighborhood milkman, the friendly neighborhood post, uh, post or mailman or whatever. Yeah. And your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like that didn't register with me for the longest time. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that you get it, Makai. <laughs> um, but speaking of, uh, the opening sequence of this movie, he says, uh, I'm just, it's just me, your friendly neighborhood. Well, you know the rest. Yeah, which I, I like. I like that part. There you go. But um, yeah. Let's, let's uh let's talk about the movie. We gotta talk about it. Talk about the movie. And there's a jingle. Uh, and okay. So we begin with the old Marvel intro, uh, which I miss. Yes. Uh, I like this Marvel intro better than the new one which i guess it's nostalgic reasons yeah of course. you know um 
but you know, I miss it. The kind of like the comic book, like flipping thing and it goes to Marvel and stuff. And then back when Marvel meant comic books and not billion dollar movies. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I like this a lot. Um, was this the first Marvel like big budget movie? It was I like, don't I think X-Men came first. Okay. But it was the first like cuz it is Marvel Studios. Yeah, it is. Um it, it, which I, I was not aware of. I think it was one of the first it, I think it was the first uh Kevin Feige led big budget okay. projects. Gotcha. Which I mean, well, I'm talking about like all the Sam Raimi movies. Um, yeah, 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 no, no, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So we see this uh, the Spider-Man intro with the webs and the the fragments of photos of the characters. Uh, what's your what are your thoughts on this intro? I really like the intro. I mean it it's consistent throughout the series. Mm-hmm. It started in the first one as a way to catch you up on the. Uh, it started in the second one as a way to catch you up on what happened in the last movie. Works yeah. really well, and it. I think this is a good time to point out um, that there has never been a bad score in a Spider-Man movie ever, no matter oh, which iteration of it. Danny Elfman. Oh my god. So Danny Elfman wrote the first the score for the first two of this trilogy, mm-hmm. and his themes continue to appear throughout this movie. Unfortunately, he could not write the new music for this movie so he hands it over to composer christopher young who's uh-huh. pretty famous in for horror movies he did sinister entrapment drag me to hell and miss congeniality uh-huh. too oh wait miss congeniality too or not miss congeniality one. also no no no. like two, the sequel <laughs> the, sec- he did the not, sequel he did not do the first one but he did the second one and another thing to mention drag me to hell directed by sam raimi sam raimi Mm-hmm. Good go. movie, uh, underrated horror movie. I I've think. never seen that one. It's a very good movie. I think who's in it is Jake Long in it or not Jake Long, uh, Justin Long. I think Justin Long. Yeah, in Justin it. Long and Allison yeah. Lohan. Yeah, uh, it's it's good. But uh, right off the bat, looking at this opening title, um, we see some familiar names that weren't so familiar back then. Like Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. Was she in the first movie? Yes. Like the first two? She was in the okay. first two. She was... Uh, Betty Brant. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who had already been in The Village and Lady in the Water, um, and other movies. But those were her f- first big movies. And then she was in this. I like Bryce Dallas Howard. I do too. Uh, uh most people know her nowadays as the girl in the Jurassic World movies. <laughs> or um, Ron Howard's daughter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and do you know, here's uh, a little fact, not about the movie, but about her. Do you know why her middle name is Dallas? Because she was conceived in Dallas. Look at you knowing your stuff about <laughs> Ron Howard. Because they make a joke about it on Arrested Development. That's the only oh, okay. reason I know. <laughs> I gotcha. I saw it in an old um, uh, interview on David Letterman with <laughs> Ron Howard from the 80s. Yeah, apparently like all of his kids' names, middle names, have something to do with where they were conceived. Yeah, 
um, and some of them are like hotel names. Yeah. And my favorite part of that interview is uh, David Letterman makes a joke and says, your next one's going to be Courtyard Marriott. <laughs> um, but yeah, we miss David Letterman. Uh, but so we see this opening uh, sequence and it's cool. It shows clips from the first two movies. Um, and we open up on Spider-Man swinging through New York. New York looks great. Uh, I think this first scene is really, I don't know. It's kind of joyful. You know what I mean? Like it, everything's good. What do you think? Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's nice. It's, it's the word I used for Superman returns a lot last time was campy, but Mm -hmm. I mean that with a positive connotation and you get that vibe a lot especially in this opening scene. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, we see uh, in the first like little spot with Peter Parker, behind him there's a sign that says Mega Millions, and the jackpot is at $12 million. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it shows how times have changed. <laughs> um, I just now saw that, and that's pretty that's funny. Really funny. <laughs> that it's a, it really dates the movie. Um, that that is what dates the movie. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise a timeless classic <laughs> otherwise this will be shown for generations as one of the greatest and most current superhero movies that stands the test of time um but yeah we see spider-man is beloved in new york and stuff um and we see him on his little moped you know <laughs> Let's talk and, about Tobey Maguire here for a second. <laughs> okay, I can't wait to talk about Tobey Maguire. Uh, okay, love him, hate him. You gotta admit, he, the kid plays the dork so so well. Oh, and no one will ever play Peter Parker as well as Tobey Maguire plays. Wow, Peter Parker. You, you came out and said it. I did. I shouldn't be not, surprised. That's your thing. I'm not. I'm not sorry. I I do make bold statements once in a while. In case you haven't. <laughs> You haven't, uh, you know, been able to tell. But, follow, yeah. him on, follow him on Facebook. See what happens. <laughs> Please don't unless you're um, not easily offended um, <laughs> by my opinions. But, but yeah, Tobey Maguire, yeah. just everything. I love that he's able to pull off being a superhero mm-hmm. and not look like a stud at all in any way. Yeah. And I, that's Spider-Man to me. And I think that's mm-hmm. perfect. And the moped, the way he rides that moped is probably, it's really <laughs> it, good. Is it the same moped he was riding when he was working for the pizza company? <sighs> I'd have to check that. It, I feel like it's a different color. Yeah, I th- feel like the other one was red. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he's still sticking to that mode of transportation. <laughs> which, I mean, I guess it grounds him because when he's Spider-Man, he can just swing wherever he wants to go. Exactly. He's got to slow so, down every once in a exactly. while. Exactly. He's got to stop and smell the roses um okay i have a problem already what's your problem with this uh this classroom scene <laughs> what the fact that classrooms haven't looked like this since the 50s yeah. yes but <laughs> also well we don't know uh well i mean one it of could. us does because only could. only one of us goes to a prestigious university um but <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and I will let the audience guess who that is. Um, anyway, so, okay, so the classroom, I don't know. 
I don't have a problem with the classroom looking like this. What I do have a problem is I have a problem with college kids spitting spitballs in <laughs> class. Like these am- these immature bullies this these don't exist in college. You know what I mean? Especially not like what Peter goes to Columbia, doesn't he? Yeah, or that's like a the, very the fake world equivalent of Columbia. Like it's Yeah. Like he these people are smart and mature and going places in yeah. the world. And they're making spitballs. <laughs> and there's like clearly a stoner in the back <laughs> of the class. I mean, um I don't I don't know. They do have all the races. Uh, do. <laughs> distributed properly. All, all, oh, all of them? <laughs> okay, not all of them. Well, okay, we see a lot of white people. We see a few black people. We see an Asian person. We see... I'm not going to assume mean, anymore. I mean, that's uh, all of them. I don't that's know. all the races. <laughs> Every And we also see... Uh, okay, never mind. Now that I look, it doesn't look like Harry Styles. But I thought the guy in the bottom left... <laughs> When him and Gwen are raising their hands, looks like Harry Styles, but he does not look like Harry Styles. I apologize to Harry Styles. Um, Listeners, is- what we're about to do is a frame-by-frame analysis of Spider-Man 3, <laughs> wherein Clearly. only one of us is actually looking at the movie. Yeah, exactly. And one of us watched it 12 minutes 12 ago. Minutes ago. Um, I did text Makai and say, I just got home from work. Let's start the podcast. And he said, give me 12 minutes and sent me a screenshot (laughs) of him watching the movie. And he had exactly 12 minutes left. Um, So that's how prepared he is. Hey, it's Uh, fresh in my mind. That's true. That's very true. That's probably the reason you did it and not because you're lazy. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we see uh, more bullying. Uh, We see the the Asian guy bullying Peter Parker, which is very progressive. Um, we don't see a lot of them. And a bit of a foreshadowing to the MCU Spider-Man. Oh my goodness. Where it... <laughs> um, who plays Dr. Connors? Oh, it's uh, Dylan Baker. Dylan Baker. From Happiness, Revolutionary, Trick or Treat, Selma, Hunters. Oh, I know him from Hunters. I I won't be able to go on with the podcast until <laughs> I figure out what he's I've seen he's in. one of these guys that shows up for an episode or two in every TV show ever. Oh and yeah, really okay. He's in Monk. Yeah. Uh, okay, he's in Across the Universe. Oh, um, who's he in Across the Universe? Lucy's father. Oh, I like yeah. that movie. Oh, he's also in Spider-Man 2. That's what I know him from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, where do I know this guy Tobey Maguire from? The other Spider-Man <laughs> the movies? Other that's Spider-Man it. Movies. Um, that's what I know him from. But yeah, uh, Dr. Connors, who is a character that we will see in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Uh, the sa- uh, same as Gwen Stacy, um, who is played by Bryce Dallas Howard in this and Emma Stone in The Amazing Spider-Man. Who did it better, Will? Emma Stone or Bryce Dallas Howard? <sighs> Emma Stone. But I think that's because she was given more to work with. Yeah, totally. Um, She was kind of a complimentary character in this. When yeah. in... She was a 
essential plot point in like Mary Jane wasn't even in the Amazing Spider-Man. She was supposed to be. Did you know that? Yeah. And it was like it started out as Shailene Woodley. Yep. And then it became Emma Stone with red hair. Yeah. And then they realized that's ridiculous. Yeah. And exactly. then they got no more money to make movies. So it didn't matter. Yeah. Did you hear that uh, Electra's coming back? I did. And I'm really excited about it. And I'm glad it's Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I'm really uh, excited about that. I think he did that. a really good job. Guys, I could talk forever about Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's one of my favorite superhero movies of all time, and I could talk about it for hours, so I will save it for another time. (laughs) Oh, we're doing an episode on that, (laughs) definitely. for sure. Um, All right. So Peter's in love with Mary Jane. They're uh, going to get – well, he's going to propose, you know. Um, Speaking of Mary Jane, we have this scene of her on Broadway – they tell me love is wonderful. I hope you're not doing an impression of her. Wonderful. I think she's really good. I think she is too. <laughs> just singing the song, <laughs> I really. Think I was surprised. I was so surprised that I actually looked up who is doing this singing. And I was surprised to find out it's actually Kirsten Dunst doing the singing. Yeah. Um, she has a nice voice. She's really good. And this is one of my favorite songs. Uh, it's from Annie Get Your Gun, which I've been in twice. Um, nice. um, I'm sorry, it's from Manhattan Memories from Spider-Man Three. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. How could I forget the <laughs> the great show Manhattan Memories? Um, Tony Award winner. Yeah, because seventeen-time nominee Manhattan br- Memories. Broadway shows always and constantly steal songs from other classic Broadway shows because <laughs> that happens all the time, <laughs> you know. But uh, also, Peter gets really good seats, uh, yeah. or a really good seat for that. Which I guess he gets a discount or maybe complimentary seats for Mary Jane. So he's in the front row. That sure. kind of negates my point. Um, also, Broadway tickets. Another uh, dated th- fact about this movie is that Broadway tickets were so much cheaper That's at that true. point in time because That's Hamilton did true. not exist. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks a lot, Hamilton. Now normal people can't see Broadway shows. Yeah, thanks for your stupid con- contribution to the musical theater canon and changing the art form as we know it. Yeah, thanks for introducing a whole new demographic. Anyway, um... One of my okay, one of my favorite things in this movie happens right in this scene, and it's when. Oh, I know uh, what you're gonna say. You Sorry, know what I'm going. gonna say? Yeah, keep going. But I know what you're gonna say. It's when it pans up to Harry. Yeah. And the underscore of the evil theme, but she's still singing the song. Yeah. And it fits perfectly. Yes. And okay. That is that is where a horror film composer such as Christopher Young can do very very cool things mm-hmm. there are a lot of things in this movie he does that i do, do not like but this is a moment where he gets mad cred because yeah. it's great i'm glad you agree um but speaking of this movie is kind of shot like a psychological thriller yeah um like a horror movie from the early 90s like fear with mark Wahlberg and reese witherspoon <laughs> which i really like um but it's kind of in that same vein, like kind of like a Brian De Palma film. Yeah. 
or like uh, a Sam Raimi film. Yeah, that too. Um, he knows how to do horror, so I guess it shouldn't come as a surprise. Um, but yeah, that Sidious score, along with they say it's wonderful, is great. Uh, what's your what are your thoughts on James Franco? I I've never disliked James Franco. Mm-hmm. I I like him as Harry. It's definitely not Harry Harry Osborne's interesting because he was not super super prevalent in the comics he -hmm. kind of existed only in the green goblin storylines yeah um well i think it's interesting amazing spider-man 2 actually kind of portrayed him the most accurately where he Mm -hmm. kind of just jumps into harry to peter's life out of the blue and it's like oh yeah i remember you harry and then they're friends for a little bit and then not and i i like so so all, all that to say the Harry Osborn that James Franco plays is very much created for these movies mm-hmm. and his own arc was created for this trilogy. And I really, I like how he does it. I mean, I, I'm a James Franco fan. Yeah. I, I really like him in this movie. I like the way he plays Harry. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's the best thing in this. No, for sure. But he's really good. He, with what they gave him, the writing and stuff. Strawberry. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, and when I used to kiss her, what was that? <laughs> Strawberries. Uh, we'll get to that, but um, yeah, James Franco. I think he's good in this. Um, yeah. I think what later in this movie we will see him at his best. Yeah, um, especially his best. He was in this trilogy. Trilogy. Another person I want to talk about is Kirsten Dunst. Because um, I was in love with Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Um, little, little like, seven-year-old me who had just discovered what girls were. Um, <laughs> when I first watched Spider-Man 1, whew, when she was walking in the lunchroom in slow motion, <laughs> that image stayed in my head for years. <laughs> Um, what are your thoughts on Kirsten Dunst? I hate her everywhere else. But okay. Her. All right. She she's a good Mary Jane Watson. Mm-hmm. Well, but she. I I think I will in kill our... myself if I have to watch Bring It On again. I've never seen Bring It On. That's one of the movies I've never seen. You have one to watch the... it once. But okay, yeah, it's like I Mean Girls, like which yeah. Mean Girls is good. I like but, Mean Girls. I would watch um, Mean Girls eight times before I watched the first ten minutes of Bring It On. <laughs> wow, you're you're not really selling it, <laughs> uh, Makai, but I will watch it. Um, but yeah, I, I think okay, I think it's unfair for me to judge her performance as Mary Jane because she is Mary Jane, right you know no one else has been mary jane yeah significantly other than zendaya but, but she that doesn't, doesn't count. count it's a different character yeah that's mj um but you know i i love her uh i i love kirsten dunst and since we have so many you know listeners i think that i have a pretty good shot with her i think you're right yeah all of Bangladesh could probably get her to. Well, Kirsten Dunst act. Uh, is it is it Kirsten Dunst or Kristen Dunst? Kirsten. Kirsten. Um, uh, Kirsten Dunst. She lives in Bangladesh. 
I think. Oh. That's that's a thing. Yeah, that's right. She was born in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, but she lives in Bangladesh. And then moved, no, Point Pleasant, New Jersey, Bangladesh. <laughs> There's a New Jersey in Bangladesh? Yeah, it's a city. <laughs> it's like New Delhi. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, a there a new deli just opened up in New Jersey, Bangladesh. Yeah, and that's what that is. And if you want to shop at the new deli in New Jersey, you have to be wearing a New Jersey. Yeah, this is getting too meta. <laughs> uh, this is too high concept for our viewers. Makai, do you know who Kirsten Dunst is engaged to? Who is she engaged to? Jesse Plemons. Ah, oh. so you know, I didn't know that. I think I could take him. <laughs> that's how that's, I feel about I that's how I feel about Dave Franco. Dave Franco. You have a crush like. on Dave Franco? No, I have a crush <laughs> on his wife, Allison Brie. Oh, oh yeah, Allison Brie. And I could take I could take him on if I needed. I don't him. really Okay, I don't think I have a crush on Allison Brie, but I do have a crush on Annie. Annie Edison. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um but we'll talk about community at another point. Um <laughs> But yeah, I was in love with Kirsten Dunst. Uh, then we have a scene where they're laying in this web hammock thing. You know? Yeah. That can't be comfortable. Yeah, there's no way. But, it, you know, they're in love, it so. Looks like it's sticky. Also, uh, Harry, has he went into the chamber and got the same treatment that his dad did when he became the Green Goblin. Okay, uh, listen. Is Harry also something of a scientist himself? Because he's made some like major modifications to the goblin suit. Yeah, I I don't know. His dad kind of neglected him. Yeah, totally. Like, there's no. Did the butler guy do that? Did he make it like super cool and hip? I mean, maybe. Maybe. I don't. I don't know. He's kind of like Alfred. You know? Yeah. Was Alfred a scientist? For Batman at no, all? No, he was a uh, he was in the war with with Thomas Wayne. Of course, how yeah. did I? Uh, uh, duh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Also, we are eight minutes into this movie. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, and we've been recording for thirty minutes. I have so much work to do. We have to move. <laughs> okay. All right. So we have uh, this scene where. Uh, where Peter and Mary Jane are on this web hammock thing. I can't be comfortable. Yeah. I think uh, the venom that comes down, I think the venom itself, the, the symbiote, yeah. is, done, is done really well. Yeah, it definitely, it makes, and they show this really well at the end of the movie too, they, the movie makes uh, one of the villains the symbiote in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And I think when people... And we'll get to Venom later, but when I think when people are frustrated or unhappy with the way Venom is portrayed in this movie, I think it's because they decided that the bad guy wouldn't be Venom necessarily as we know him, but the symbiote itself yeah, and which its are, representation of the darkness in Peter's life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which I don't have a problem with, really. Yeah, me neither. I like that. Um, okay. One of my favorite actors is in this movie who we haven't talked about yet. Um, and his name is Thomas Hayden Church. Who is he? Who who does he play? He's Sandman. Oh. Yeah, he's I in one of my favorite movies, Sideways, uh, with Paul Giamatti, who's another one of my favorite actors. Um, 
known for known for his critically acclaimed and Oscar worthy performance in Big Fat Liar with Frankie Muniz <laughs> and Amanda Bynes. That's the first uh, time I saw him ever. And I <laughs> me him too. And me then too. He's I, a now great I like actor. Him in other things too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris Rock has called him the best actor in the world. I'd say he's definitely up there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love him. Um, but Thomas Hayden Church. Okay. Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman. This outfit he puts on when he goes into uh into the his child's bedroom and he puts on the outfit and then goes into the kitchen. Why does this outfit stick out in my mind so much? The the green stripes? Yes, because every time I like I've seen this out I'm like, oh, it's the Sandman outfit. It's also Steve from Blues Clues. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Uh, it's Sandman. Sandman is from. That's who it's from. Uh, okay, that might be why. But every time, like when I watched it last night, I watched it with my mom last night. Um, and because she had never seen it. What did your mom think of Spider Man Three? She liked it. Yeah. Uh, when she liked the first hour, <laughs> a lot. And then we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> I think everyone knows what we're talking about. Um, but, you know, when this came on the screen, I was like, oh, Sandman, that outfit. Yeah. I remember that. It's classic. It's classic outfit. In a movie, um, like, rife with redesigns and character remodels, <laughs> they just went with straight up Sandman from the comics. And it's kind of cool. Straight up. Blues Clues. Blues Clues. Yeah. Um, I think this movie has a lot of depth that doesn't get talked about. I agree. Uh, especially this story about him and his daughter. Um, I will say part of the reason it doesn't get talked about is because it kind of doesn't get talked about in the movie as much as it true. should. That's it's true. It's a lot of just implied context. Yeah. But I do like where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, it's touched upon in another one of my favorite scenes which we'll get to in a few minutes right um but yeah there's just a lot of depth in this movie uh then we see this scene where peter goes to visit aunt may and tells her that um that he's gonna propose to mary jane and and we see a red flag from peter right away and what's that so Aunt May, um, played by Rosemary Harris. Harris, perfectly, I think. Oh, she's great. Um, she's she's awesome, but she's not hot like Marissa Tomei, which I'm right. mad about. Well, but good because <laughs> I didn't like that. Okay, but also, this is Peter's mom's sister. How big is the, the age gap? It could be pretty big. They could be different okay. generations. But in the first movie, Peter's 15, which also doesn't make sense because of the way <laughs> that he looks. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, he's 15. But, you know. Oh, my God. Um, okay, but seriously, Peter sets up a red flag that he is not ready for this relationship right away. Mm -hmm. Aunt May says a husband needs to put him, his wife before himself. Can you do that? And he mm. says, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, the answer to that should be definitely. Yeah, there, there should be no doubt in that. And 
Aunt May doesn't call him on it, but like, I mean, it's Aunt May. She loves him and she knows he's a good person. But yeah. immediately, before there's even any kind of alien symbiote or meddling or anything, he's not ready. Oh, absolutely. It's it's an internal struggle as well as an external struggle, which makes this, which is why this movie's so deep. Yes. Um. Also, I think the writing in this scene is really good. I think Sam Raimi did a great job uh, writing this scene. If he did write it, I mean, he wrote it with Ivan Raimi, which I who is in this is, movie. Yeah. Um. Who does he play? He's the the kiss up guy at the Daily Bugle. Oh yeah, the Daily Bugle. It's hip. It's <laughs> now. It's wow and how. <laughs> um. But my favorite line in the whole movie comes in this scene because I think it's so real. Um. Is she says, we were both very good swimmers, and he told us let's swim out to the island. So we swam out to the island and found a big tree to lay under, and. He proposed, and the ring was beautiful. I thought it was the sun. I love that Aww. line. That's sweet. I thought it was the sun. Because she could have easily said, it was so bright, it was shimmering. Yeah. But that's implied in the, com- in the comment, I thought it was the sun, and I just think that's really good writing. It really is. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, okay. So we have this first big fight scene yes thoughts i think it's really cool Mm -hmm. i like thinking of it from the point of view of if you left the theater of the second movie Mm -hmm. and you waited like two years i think two three years this is what you've been waiting for for two or three years yeah you want to see peter and harry have it out yeah and you were ready to see harry's reaction and the first interaction they had in this movie was super casual and you were like wait what what's what's going on and then you see him become the goblin which which is i think he's comic book wise he's the hobgoblin but i think the movie refers to him as new goblin i think that's yeah well i mean he calls him goblin jr at one point gotcha okay yeah yeah. but yeah like a comic book wise i think i think he'd be the hobgoblin and it's you see him suit up as that and you're like oh no and then we see peter talking to aunt may and then this finally happens you're like oh it's happening it's happening you you were you were ready for it to not happen after being ready for it to happen yeah and so i think it the element of surprise this scene has works really really well for it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and it's cool um, to see peter fight not in the spider-man outfit absolutely and also i think that one thing that is lost nowadays in these big fight sequences is realistically reacting to pain. Mm, You know, like, okay, when Harry brings out the spikes on his wrists and just slashes Harry across the abdomen, uh, not Harry, uh, slashes Peter Peter across the abdomen, and Peter lets out this guttural scream. That's realistic. I mean, that hurts a lot. (laughs) Even Spider-Man. So I think that's really cool, and that's something we don't really see in the new Marvel movies. We see, like, oh, I got punched in the face 12 times. Yeah, exactly. That hurt. Um, But, yeah, I think Goblin looks great in this scene. Uh, I think it's a cool new take, more modern, you know. Yeah, Uh, totally. It's, uh, he's not, as in the words of Weird Al, he's not wearing that dumb Power Rangers mask. Power Rangers mask, but he's scarier. Yeah, scarier without without it on. Great song. (laughs) Um... 
but yeah uh what did i write down i wrote the angles are amazing yeah uh i think that a lot of people don't like this fight scene for some reason i've read that a lot of people don't like it yeah i didn't know there were opinions on it yeah uh people are like this just doesn't feel like the other movies and i think that's true but it's kind of a good thing it's like the other movies but the stakes raised a little bit which is yeah but also the happen it but also like aesthetically the other movies were clunky the the fight scenes especially the first one yeah uh like he i don't <laughs> the know the whole burning just, apartment scene is just... oh yeah absolutely and also the balcony when the guys turn to skeletons oh my gosh I forgot uh, about that. I yeah. that first movie it, I don't think is as good as everyone claims it is. Yeah. I agree. I think it's kind of stupid. Yeah. Uh a little bit, but it's better than this one, but you know. It's it, it's it's the first movie. It's going to be kind of cheesy, you know. I also like the stakes of uh Peter might lose the ring in this. Yeah. Fight scene. That was my mom's biggest thing in this scene like she was like no no not the ring oh no that's terrible which my mom loves like romantic comedies and stuff so of course she was gonna be big into that and when he finally got it she was like oh he got the ring yeah that's good which i like to see her get into it because she doesn't really like superhero movies and stuff um but yeah then it ends with uh with harry speeding through this explosion and then coming up on Peter who's just holding like a tripwire kind of thing <laughs> with his web and she goes boing and he falls to the ground <laughs> which I think is funny I, I like ending dramatic f- long fight scenes with humor yeah Um. so I think that's cool which Spider-Man I feel like what we didn't have a lot of in the first two movies was Spider-Man's sense of humor yeah Um. what do you think no, I agree. I like I like seeing I like seeing funniness in Spider-Man. Uh really having really I don't think to this day have not gotten an accurate representation of that. Cuz like again, Tobey Maguire, he he starts to get quippy here. Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield, I think got the closest. They, oh yeah, absolutely. He got he got really quippy, especially there's that scene in the first one where he's like where he's shooting at the the carjacker. Um, oh, you found my weakness, small knives. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he likes he sneezes and <laughs> and shoots the webs at him. Yeah. Yeah. That's and great. And then Tom Holland, while well, he's a funny guy, I like watching him be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um the comedy comes just more in the way the movie's written. Like yeah. it's written as a comedy and less of Peter Parker having wit. Yeah, also and part of that is the other characters are funny too exactly. in new ones. So it doesn't really add anything when you have Peter yeah. be funny because everyone's funny. It's just a funny movie. It's not yeah. that he's a funny character. Exactly. And I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad thing to admit that these new Marvel movies are comedies. So Harry uh gets knocked out and Peter, who's a good guy, is gonna revive him save his best friend or at least try um but yeah they take him into the hospital and then we have this scene with sandman 
turning into Sandman. Yeah. Now my question is, what are they doing with this sand? So what is the? I, th- I finally, I've always wondered. I finally caught it. Just watching okay. it. Okay. All right. Um, they are, and they, they, it's literally one line, and they say, "Here we." Right before they start up, they say, "Here we go, demolecularizing or demolecularizing the sand." Okay. So they are trying to do a study in demolecularization. And I guess I looked it up. It this is a real study. They didn't get to this point with it where they can actually practically try it. Uh-huh. But they they do look at sand because it's so small anyway and it, it's already split into small particles. So okay. this was the first time I've caught what they're actually trying to do. Which I don't think is good. I think I think they could have said at least one more thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it just looks like they're spinning around a bunch of sand. Yeah. Um, also, all right, I know they, and this was like, they did this again because I know that's how they did, they showed Spider-Man being Spider-Man in the, in the first one. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was consistent and I'll give it that. But just because you show sand going into his body and hitting his DNA that that's doesn't not, make that's it not sand. An ex, that's not an explanation for why his whole body turns to sand. <laughs> and why he can he can change it to skin and sand at will. And I just love that, like, a, that was the explanation they gave. Oh, no, no, look, watch. Sand <laughs> hit, sand hit to, DNA, like, he turned to sand. <laughs> sand hit DNA, so he is sand now. <laughs> I want to try that with different things. Just touch touch different particles to DNA and see what happens. Like lime jello. Let's <laughs> uh, see if he turns into uh, the char- Seth Rogen's character from Monsters vs. <laughs> yeah, Aliens. That's exactly what I was thinking when you said that. Um, which is actually not a bad movie. <laughs> I like that movie. Um, but yeah, so he turns to sand somehow. And then we see this scene with Harry in the hospital. And I have mixed feelings about this scene. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is what I really, I don't have anything to say about it. It is what Okay. It is. I just think it's kind of cheesy. Yeah, a little bit. Um, The way he talks to him, he's like, I hit my head. My father, he died, right? He died, right? Yeah, duh. Um, but I don't know. My mom turned to me and last night and said, "Is he faking?" Which is what I thought <laughs> he, originally. He totally, uh, the whole like, oh, are those your friends? They seem nice. And it's like I would give my life for them. Foreshadowing, by the way. And mm-hmm. I love that. Like, it totally looks like he's like, haha, I'm faking. And then you're waiting for that reveal, and then he's just not. And it never happens. Yeah. So you're like, oh, okay, it was just bad writing. Um, but, you know, I think it's kind of cheesy, but I guess it's necessary for the story. They just could have done it a little better, I think. And then, um, and then Peter walks away, and instead of feeling great sadness and concern that his friend lost his memory, just smiles a little bit. Yeah, he's and like, it's like doo, 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 I'm doo, in the clear. Ha <laughs> 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 Um, Mary Jane's smiling too, though. So oh, okay, well that's fair. I mean, I guess then they're happy mind. that he's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna negate every point you make. <laughs> um, but 
you know. Now this scene with the sand. Okay. I think this might be the best scene in the movie, visually. Really? Yeah. Um, when he grabs the locket, when he grabs for the locket, and his ha- it goes right through his hand. It's pretty emotional. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I think it's pretty cool. I think they did that really well. I think they spent the entire budget on that. <laughs> um, the whole budget then, was spent on the and sand. And then for the big fight, they just had this giant blob that just goes... <laughs> yeah. Because why not? <laughs> but I do have some good things to say about that last fight. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty good. That's I think the Sandman of, uh, special effects are amazing. Yeah, I think they did really well yeah, with Sandman. Great. Especially for being right on the cusp of the CGI re- revolution. Mm-hmm. I think it was really good. Absolutely. Um, then we have this scene with... Mary Jane showing up to Peter's apartment. She's upset about this review that she got in the paper, um, which, I mean, that her tiny voice couldn't carry past the second <laughs> row. Where is that coming from? <laughs> she sounded great. It's like I hated Mary Jane. Also, microphones. microphones yeah, exist. absolutely. That's okay, how, how about it's not a theater works anymore? Yeah, how about you? Uh, how about you bash the sound department? <laughs> It was their fault. Turn on her mic. Um, <laughs> I wanted to see the, a scene, a deleted scene, with the critic in the show just going, I can't hear you. <laughs> Turn on your mic. Um, Who but, we know. have to assume was sitting somewhere near Peter. Yeah, like, maybe it was one of those two guys who was well, sandwiched they, in between. She, the critic better have been in the second row. Yeah, or, or the else third he has row, no, re- no, no room to talk. Exactly. Um, I wanted to see a a stagehand run on stage while she's singing and just go behind her and adjust her mic pack. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have the scene. Okay, so in this scene in the apartment, it shows that this movie's about more than Spider Man, right? Um, which you don't get a lot in the new Spider Man movies. Um, but you know that's just my insight on the scene um then we have this scene with this photo shoot which is never really explained Uh, i guess the photographer the photographer is uh the bad guy in avalon high and teen beach movie and he's in an episode of psych that's right that's all i that's what i know him from what who is he I don't I don't know his name. Okay, cuz I recognized him. Gwen uh, baby, you got a secret, it's my copier. <laughs> I got a secret, it's my copier. <laughs> um, who is this guy? Okay, his name is Steve Valentine. Steve and, Valentine? Yeah. Is what? <laughs> Steve Valentine? He's just he, saying it like he would say it. He plays Mordred, the professor. <laughs> Professor Moore in Avalon High. You don't think he's the bad guy until the very end. Unless you're really perceptive. Were you really perceptive? I wasn't, but my mom was. Oh. Yeah. Avalon High is a good movie. Good old Linda. Watch it on Uh, Disney+. Plus. I will. Um, Okay. So, we have uh, that scene 
and she's on a copier, and this crane crashes into the top and of the what is skyscraper. that thing doing in my background? Are you just gonna do the entire rest of the podcast <laughs> in that voice? Yep, my name's Steve Valentine. Welcome to Silver Linings with <laughs> Hello. Will and Steve. Hello, Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, this is where we get our first shot of the greatest actor of all time, Topher Grace. Yes. Eric <laughs> Foreman. Uh, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts about Topher Grace in this movie? Oh, man. <laughs> I would have. Here's the thing. I hate the, I hate him so much, but. <laughs> That's part of the charm of this movie. <laughs> I think part he plays of the charm of this movie is how he plays bad a, his acting is. He plays a tool so well. It's I like think I, <laughs> if he was a tool to me in real life, I wouldn't be able to take him seriously as a tool. Just because yeah. I'd just be like, "You're goofy." Who would you have recast as Eddie Brock? I mean, obviously Tom Hardy would have been great, mm-hmm. knowing knowing that he plays a good Eddie Brock now. Yeah. I don't know if I would have said him having not seen him in Venom. But well, who was um, who was big in 2007 that you could have cast uh, as Eddie Brock? Uh Dave Franco. Dave Franco. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been weird. No, I think um, uh I think Ewan McGregor could have made a good Eddie Brock. How about Joel McHale? Joel McHale. <laughs> that would have worked because he I think was so. in the first one. Yeah. Joel McHale would have been a good Eddie Brock. So Eddie Brock's weird. Uh, I think he was miscast, but you know, a uh, cool thing about this scene, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard was pregnant and she didn't know. And she did all her own stunts. Okay. Then we get JK Simmons in the next scene. Yes. JK Simmons. Best thing in it. Indisputably the perfect thing. I think the most all Spider-Man movies. perfectly cast person in a superhero movie ever oh yeah either him or robert downey jr i think i i would definitely say jk simmons over robert downey jr and i love robert downey jr yeah i i just think i mean there's a reason he reprised his role in far from home and Um, there's also a reason that there's literally if you look up jk simmons on imdb and go through what he has done there has not been a single iteration of jk of j jonah jameson that he did not provide the voice for yeah because like in the new Spider-Man game, he does the voice. And like all of them, all the all the kitty Spider-Man shows, the Lego Spider-Man special. Yeah. Where he says two lines is voiced by J.K. Simmons. And, and now as, he's Oscar winner J.K. Simmons. Yeah, as good as he is in Whiplash, he's still known as J. Jonah <laughs> Jameson. Like how cool is that? I know. It's and that really he cool. is he is the embodiment of that comic book character. When you when you look at that character on a page and look at the speech bubble, you read mm-hmm. it in his voice. Absolutely. And that was the voice you read it in. Yeah. Uh perfect. we get we get a Stan Lee cameo. Yes. Um we get a scene with Harry and Peter in the in the mansion and they're playing basketball and Peter's actually uh, he's pretty good. I could see him dribbling, and he he actually knows what he's doing. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, You don't see that a lot with actors and athleticism, you know. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, 
then we have a scene with Mary Jane going back to the theater for rehearsal and she's been replaced which is awkward in the most like yeah like awkward never would have really <laughs> happened probably like i mean i guess i don't know i don't know the true ins and outs I, but of i Broadway. feel like they would have found a way to let her know i feel like that just definitely would not have happened ever yeah also this girl is not nearly as good as her i don't know i'm i was kind of feeling her her version of this song to, it was different so much to the point of where I looked her up and her name is Jesse Collins. Oh, shout and out to Jesse she, Collins. Makai likes you. I don't. She is a backup singer for Kelly Clarkson. Keyword backup. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shade at the backup singers. Yes, absolutely. You're not important. <laughs> um, but yeah, and we go right into a Spider-Man parade uh, and like key to the city ceremony. Yeah. Um, which I'm sorry, we're still doing key to the cities. Yeah, it's how New many York. keys you got? I mean, if your door has that many keys, it's gonna be hard to get in your city. <laughs> I mean, am I right or am I right? You are right. Thank you. Um, but then we also see that Eddie Brock, his relationship with uh with Gwen Stacy is pretty one sided. Yeah, I love uh, that earlier he tells her dad. That they're dating. Um, who's the, the farmer in Babe the Pig. James Cromwell. Yeah, James Cromwell. He was nominated for that movie, for Babe. Oh, for I Spider-Man believe. 3? No, for Babe. <laughs> <laughs> he does a great job in Babe. I love that movie. He, he does. Um, but, yeah, uh, James Cromwell is him. And Eddie Brock tells him that they're dating. And then they're they, not they dating. They went for they coffee went, once. Yeah, they, it's like <laughs> he's a simp. Eddie Brock Eddie Bro- is a Eddie simp. Brock is a simp. Pass it on. <laughs> How many people have we called simps on this podcast? Uh, two. Eddie Brock and Anakin Skywalker. Okay, we're keeping a list. <laughs> uh, I like the I like the touch when you see uh, Sandman walking through the city and sand falls out of his ear. Yeah, I like that. That was good. Um, I also like in this scene when. Peter is taking a picture of MJ. It like it parallels the first time he took a picture of her at the school field trip yeah. in the first movie. I really like that. Um but yeah, Harry's really pure in this scene with cotton candy. Yeah. And he's like, "I'll come see you. I'll come see you this week." And she's like, "Well, I got fired." And she has yet to tell Peter. Yes. She hasn't so. said anything. Peter has not made. She's tried, and Peter hasn't made it easy because he keeps talking about himself. But also, like, say it. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, and she keeps getting mad at him for being like, oh, "This isn't about you. Stop bringing up Spider Man." Okay, when you're Spider Man, <laughs> I feel like it's okay to like give advice and be like, "Hey, Spider Man goes through this." Like, I get that talking in third person is kind of a tool thing to do yeah and like he wasn't empathizing with her he was definitely like you know it's the whole it's the whole relationship thing of yeah he was feeling himself yeah and it was like i i know i know you're definitely qualified and smart enough to help me through this but right now i just need you to listen and it's yeah exactly 
Maybe that's why my relationships haven't worked. <laughs> Can we get into a therapy section session here on Silver Linings? I'm adding you to the simplest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find the silver linings of my heart. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then we see like the stupidest thing Peter Parker could have done. He does the Mary Jane kiss it's, with Gwen Stacy. It's so cringe. Like, why did he do that? It's, he encourages her to do it. And we see this little kid go, no, Spider-Man, no. And you know what that kid is not? What? A simp. <laughs> I'm starting a not simplist. <laughs> yes. So we got that kid. Um, the sand looks great again. Um. Peter Parker um, the, as the the Sandman theme is stupid. Musically, is it? You I don't like it? it. I don't like it. It's it's silly. Oh, yeah, that's a... <laughs> I really it sounds like it, so it sounds much. like the it sounds like the Prometheus theme. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like the Adams family's doorbell. It's just every time Sandman <laughs> comes on screen, they ring their doorbell. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I like the part where he's like kind of skiing on the back door of the armored car. Yeah. Uh, where Spider-Man is. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I like that a lot. Um, and Sandman gets away and then we have this scene where Peter walks into this restaurant where he's going to propose to Mary Jane and this maitre d' is so funny. It's Bruce Campbell. It is Bruce Campbell. So funny. Here, here's the background on Bruce Campbell's involvement with Sam Raimi and the Spider-Man trilogy. Oh, I'm ready. So Bruce Campbell, obviously, um, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. And that was Sam Raimi. Yep. I've I've still never seen those, and I would like to. But that yeah, is, I haven't seen them either. That's the that's the big thing with him. Uh-huh. And Sam Raimi, so so they're big friends, and so having him show up in Spider-Man Two as the usher at Mary Jane's play um, was just a little callback to the fact that it was Sam Raimi. So then he shows up again in this movie as a different character, the French Maitre D, who's hilarious. Yeah. The initial plan, because there were going to be two more movies of this series, the initial plan was for Bruce Campbell to show up again in Spider-Man 4 as a different character. Mm-hmm. And then in Spider-Man 5, they were going to reveal him as Mysterio. Ooh. And that is why he was different characters throughout the whole series, because he was going to be Mysterio. Well, way to and- ruin it. <laughs> way to ruin the whole thing by not making other movies. And that's something I love about um, loved about these this series uh-huh. They set up so many side characters and just made them normal characters in a movie. But if you look at what their names were in the comics, yeah. uh-huh. you'll see that they were all potential setups for villains. The guy who lives across from him, who's always saying rent, that was Craven yeah. the Hunter. Oh. That was going to be Craven the Hunter at one point. Also, that Ursula, his daughter, yeah, is so charming. She's like, such a cutie. And I like love so, her. She's great. Yeah. She's and so she has an part. obvious crush on Peter, but then she's also so supportive of his relationship with Mary Jane. Yeah. And she makes him cookies. Are you calling Mary Jane? You should call it. 
He's, I think she called it. It's Mary Jane. She called back. <laughs> um, she's great. I think she's she's a um, a hidden gem in this movie. Um, also, I'm looking and at 51 minutes and 43 seconds, uh, Spider-Man is flying through the air, and in the back you can see a hotel that is like tan with green roofs, and uh, that's the Tipton. It's the Tipton Hotel. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so uh, Zach and Cody exist in the the MCU. That has been proven. There is a has chart. It really? There is, is there a chart really? that talks about how Zach and Cody exist in the same universe as Hannah Montana because of the crossover episodes. Uh-huh. Hannah Montana exists in the same universe as Phineas and Ferb because there was some mention of her in Phineas and Ferb, okay. and Phineas and Ferb exists in the same universe as the Marvel characters because yeah, of the crossover right. episode. So wow. and the Star Wars and the Star Wars universe. universe. Yep. Wow. So it it makes Screw sense you, the Tipton would, it, it makes sense. <laughs> Screw you Dan Povenmire. Um <laughs> but it makes sense that the Tipton would be here. Yes. Okay. So then uh this Maitre D is really funny. Peter is such a dork. We've said that before, but when he's like rehearsing what he's going to say, he's like, "Would you like some champagne?" Uh, how'd that get in there he's like he's cracking up as he's doing it he's like i'm so cool and then he goes oh don't cry (laughs) (laughs) oh it's great and then it all goes to you know what because he kissed another girl yeah and she shows up and she's his lab partner which he never how does he not mention that after he saves her He's like, hey, he could have been like, hey, Mary Jane, this girl I saved is actually my lab partner. Cool. Sorry for kissing her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> he yeah. kissed another woman. Yeah, absolutely. They're dating. He, He's about to propose, and he kissed another woman and he, did not see a problem with it. He cheated on Mary Jane. Yeah, in um, front of people. Yeah, in front of the world. Uh, but, you know, he was Spider-Man, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, he already talks about him and himself in the third person when he's Spider-Man, <laughs> which is really douchey. Um, but also when he keeps like waving and yeah. Bruce Campbell is like, Oh no, come on, come on. Oh wait, no. Oh, okay. okay. I think that's, I think that's great. Um, then we see the scene in the, uh, yeah, the precinct and they retcon, uh, the whole thing about the carjacker killing, um, Uncle Ben, and they're like, oh, wait, it wasn't him. It was this guy now. Which, which is so... I will say, I'm not normally a fan of retconning. Okay. But I did like that they had enough effort and foresight to actually bring the guy back to refilm the scenes. That's true. And but it I was just... like, it wasn't just, oh, we need to change this for this story. It was, oh, hey, we maybe had thought this out before. Here's the guy to prove it. And Okay. Okay, well, now you've convinced me. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, I wanted to be angry. I found the silver lining. <laughs> Speaking of angry, Peter's an angry boy in this scene. Yeah, because James and- Cromwell is acting like a boomer <laughs> and treating Peter like he's a punk kid. Yeah, it's like, okay, this guy killed his uncle and is still out there? Son, You're I'm gonna, gonna need you to calm down. I'm not. Don't tell me to calm down. Uh, but that's my James Cromwell impression. That's a that's such a good James Cromwell impression, Mackay. That'll do, pig. 
<laughs> this next scene has a really cool moment uh, when Mary Jane comes by his apartment and says, hey, are you okay? And he's like, I don't need your help. And she goes, everyone needs help, even Spider-Man. And then all of a sudden, she doesn't need help with the door. Whoa. Oh, that was um, good. Thank the you. The door. They, thank you very much. I, I noticed that in that scene, I just didn't notice the way you did because they do such a good job with being very consistent about the door not working. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> I'm proud. That was good. Thank I'm you. impressed. Thank you very much. Um, I think it's really funny when, when uh, Eddie Brock is trying to catch Spider-Man, black Spider-Man, because uh, he's black now. Like his suit, his suit is black. His suit is black. It's, it's not, not Miles, Miles Morales. Morales. <laughs> um, his suit is but, also black. It's, ah, it's, ah, it's Peter uh, Parker. Yeah, but he like shoots his web at the uh, at the camera, Eddie Brock's camera, and destroys it. <laughs> is it just me, or does he look really bulky in this scene? <laughs> he does. And I think it might just be the color. It's not a great color on him, but yeah. I don't know. But when he destroys Eddie Brock's camera, and then Eddie pulls out the digital. I think Wait, that was on. really funny. You missed, sorry, finish, but you missed my favorite line, which is, see a chump. <laughs> <laughs> he calls him a chump. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> What's going on, Spider-Man? Sorry, you um, were saying about the cameras. I just think it's really funny when he pulls out the digital. <laughs> I thought I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Um, then we have this scene of Spider-Man and Sandman fighting in the subway. Oh, they finally decided to be realistic with the train system in New York <laughs> City. Congrats. Um, also, the whole thing about the sand turning into mud. That was cool. That was cool. I really I like this whole scene. Yeah, it's a great and it's really well choreographed. And they take and, hits, uh, they take good hits and yeah. yeah. Uh Thomas Hayden Church broke his hand during this scene. Oh wow. Cuz there was a brick wall and they told him that the middle brick was fake and the top and <gasps> bottom bricks were real and no. they yelled action and he punched and it was the middle brick that was real. Oh, and he punched no. as hard as he could and he broke his three middle fingers. Oh my gosh. Mhm. Dang. Yeah. Good job, Thomas. Uh, yeah. Really, really selling it. A regular Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, uh, then he rubbed okay. his bloodied hand all over Black Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> creating Miles Morales' suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not spray paint. Um, okay. Is it just me or is it impossible for Tobey Maguire to appear menacing? <laughs> What are you talking about? He moves his hair down. Uh, yeah, he f suddenly. <laughs> everyone knows that's the universal system for I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be cool now. Oh my gosh, that's just watching him, just be like, wait a second, my hair would look better like this, and he does. <laughs> it's the best. I'm a new man. Um, <laughs> um, and then I we get my favorite scene in this entire movie. Talk about it, Makai. So. Peter Parker, newly found, with his newly found hairstyle, storms upstairs in a fit of post-murder rage. When all of a sudden, Mr. Dickovich from across the street 
or across the hall, who, as I said before, was meant to set up Craven the Hunter in Spider Man mm-hmm. Four. Yeah. Says rent. Because that's the thing he does. And he yeah, says... I think he was just saying what uh, show he was going to see later that night. Probably. That's probably yeah. what he was saying. Yeah, but not then, starring Major Mary Jane Watson. <laughs> but then he was reminded that he needed the rent from Peter. And Peter says, I don't have it. And he goes, it's free country, not rent free country. Which would normally be hilarious. Yeah. But... Peter then, shouts, you'll get your rent when you fix this damn door. <laughs> and Ursula's in the back and she's like, really, you get this really sad moment of like, mm-hmm. Ursula just watched like her crush slash idol just do something really uncool. And to like he, lost, he yeah. lost a lot of respect in her eyes, mm-hmm. which is really sad to watch. Yeah. And so he leaves, he slams the door and she's like, that wasn't cool. But then I love what Mr. Dickovich says. Mm-hmm. And he says, that is a good boy. Something must, must be wrong. Yeah. And I love seeing that the people surrounding Peter's life, he doesn't even realize how much they love him and are rooting for him on his side. Even like this guy who he's so tired of because he never has the rent. He's like concerned. He's looking at me. He's like, that's a good boy. Like, wh- I hope he's yeah. okay. Something must be wrong. I love seeing that. That's really mm-hmm. great. And I think that's something, the sense of community around Peter Parker is something these movies did really well. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that scene too. I I also think Ursula is way too charming and cute to be in so little of this movie. <laughs> she know? definitely she eats up screen time when she's on. Yeah, she's she's like I said, she's a hidden gem. Um, and her her with Dickovich is is perfect. Oh, absolutely. They're like the perfect father daughter. Yeah. Um, James Franco and Kirsten Dunst have great chemistry. Yeah. Like I wanted them to I wanted them to end up together. Yeah, absolutely. But then he turned into a mean man. Yeah. Uh but like the whole the whole omelet scene it's just it's so adorable. Yeah. When they're dancing together and stuff. Um I love well, he asks um he asks his butler to go get some food cuz they're having people over. And he's yeah. like, "You're having a guest?" He's like, "Yeah." A guest, guest, yeah, like a guest over, yeah. Get, get some food, Butler. Come on, fake <laughs> like, Albert. Yes, I'm having a guest. Gosh, <laughs> I don't think the. I just think the Butler was trying to remember what guest meant. <laughs> get a guest, 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 a guest. That's right. I thought you were saying we were gonna watch a Christopher Guest movie. I was really excited to watch Best in Show. <laughs> Shut up, Butler. I was waiting for Guffman. Um, but, um, then we see Willem Dafoe come back. Uh, and he's back with a vengeance. This guy is so good as Norman oh, Osborn. Yeah. He's so good as Norman Osborn. He's one of those char- He's one of those people, like we were talking about, I can't see any other person as Norman Osborn. Totally. But Harry gets his memory back. And then we see that scene where Ursula knocks on um, on Peter's. Well, we see the scene where Mary Jane goes uh, back to her apartment and is attacked by a, a Harry that has found his memory again and is the goblin again. And Ursula goes to see Peter and says, hey, you have a phone call. It's Mary Jane. <laughs> she called back. I love that she struggles with the door, too. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can see, I might be imagining this, but even if I am, it means they, they edited it well. Like, either way, it, they did a good job in some I'm capacity. looking at it right now, so I'll tell you. It, but what? As, after she struggles with the door, <laughs> there is a mutual look on both of their faces that they're like, oh, yeah, the door, the thing you shouted about at my father. Wait, let and me see. Yeah, but it's okay because this door does suck. I don't know. Again, if I'm imagining it, it means they edited it really well. And okay, yeah, she that. gives him this look like, like, oh yeah, sorry, oh, yeah, sucks. that's and right. Also, that was and then, awkward, but never mind. And he looks, back. he looks up at her, and he goes, "The door." <laughs> he doesn't say that, but that's what his eyes are saying. <laughs> um, and then she says that uh, she's like, "I left the phone on the top of the thing." I love that she doesn't say I left it on the box or whatever. She just says I left it on top of the thing. <laughs> While they're standing in front of the phone, yeah. you can clearly she's like, "Oh, I, yeah. I left it on top of the thing." Well, I think that she has such a crush on him. She's just trying to make excuses to say as many words to him as yeah, she can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which is cute. Um, and she says, "Meet me by the bridge." Oh, cool. The bridge. The bridge. You know, in the park. <laughs> In New York City. The New York Bridge. Yeah, the, you know the New York Park Bridge? Where he meets her is on this random bridge in Central Park. So he took a real good guess, you know. <laughs> it a, was right. It's his <laughs> <a> spider senses. <laughs> um, and he brings her peonies. Is that how you pronounce it? Peonies? P- pa- panties? Pa- <laughs> <laughs> he brings her panties. Yeah. Uh, she's very, she's not appreciative. No. And, um. She breaks up with him, which is sad. We hate breakups. Uh, but the well, best part of breaking up is Folgers in your cup. <laughs> That's what they say. Is there gonna be a jingle for that? Are you gonna make a jingle? <laughs> best part of breaking up is Folgers in your cup. There you go. All That's right. the jingle. That's, That's all we need. Really, but uh, you can see how sh- how sad she is because as we find out in about two seconds, uh, it's not her; it's Harry making her break up with him, and he's sad. He's a sad boy. I don't know if I've said this already, but I think he plays sad so well. Tobey Maguire. Though. Yeah, I agree. It's because he he doesn't look. It's the it's the same thing I like about Jennifer Lawrence, is that when they're crying, they're not like, oh, let me cry, but also look really hot doing it. It's like, no, let me show you what it looks like when I'm devastated and I cry. Yeah. I also like her reaction when he pulls out the ring and shows her uh, because, you know, she still loves him. Right. And wants to stay with him, but she can't if she wants to live or whatever. So I also yeah. like, I think the writing and the acting they do a really good job of even though she is breaking up with him because harry threatened her and him and there's obviously a a a plot reason this is happening the things she says it's very clear that some of it she means and some of it she's like hey we do have some problems yeah and i would like you to fix them mm-hmm. that's not her primary concern Absolutely. but it's how she's able to be believable and how she says it and it really resonates with peter and when uh when she walks past harry when she walks off the bridge and he says bravo 
Ooh. He's so good. He's good. He's uh he's very believable as an evil character. And also when the next scene when Harry goes and gets coffee with him and he says there's another guy and Harry says, I'm the other guy, that's why I asked you here and he looks out at him and the bus goes by and then he's not there anymore. I think that's really cool. How did Okay. How did <laughs> How did that happen? There are many other people in the coffee shop who could have seen him use superpowers to But does he have those? No, does he have he, super speed? What are, no, he Wait, I'm going He could have ran it. really quickly or ducked under the table maybe. So he has the same powers as the Green Goblin, correct? Right. But the movie version of the Green Goblin because, like, I know in the comic book he did have some powers or whatever, where in this he's just kind of like an evil Captain America mixed with Iron Man. Yeah. So he just has, like, super stamina, durability, and somewhat super strength. Um, and he's skilled in hand-to-hand combat. Um, regenerative healing. There's right. nothing about super speed or flying or anything. <laughs> or like teleportation. That. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It just he just might be really, really smooth. Yeah. And he's been practicing that for a while. He's like, <laughs> I finally I finally have a reason to pull this one out. It's the it's the waitress who brought him the pie. <laughs> okay, like, how's that, the pie? So good. <laughs> oh when he says that, I love that. I love how I love how he says that. It's so good. Peter puts on his black spider-man suit yes and he goes back to harry's house and they fight and they're angry boys and basically this is the beginning of peter's transformation what's uh what's your uh opinion on peter's transformation from red spider-man to black spider-man um yeah it happens really quickly but you could make the argument that that's just the alien mm-hmm. and it like it really isn't peter yeah it's just an alien like preying on his his deepest desires and it also helps that he just got broken up with because i know i've been broken up with in the past and i haven't always handled it well <laughs> and it was sometimes like a quick switch of into like mild depression you know so yeah if you have a symbiote that's bringing out your worst qualities, I, I can see how that's going to happen. Yeah. You know? And I think the, the, the part I like the most of that is when, is when Harry's like, Harry's like, my, uh, my father wouldn't do it. Like, my father loved me. And Peter goes, you were an embarrassment to your father. He hated you. And that was like, Peter and Harry's friendship hinged on the fact that Peter was supportive of Harry when his father wasn't. And Peter then immediately taking that and throwing it in his face was just completely the opposite of what the good Peter would do. And I think that's that's probably my favorite part of the fight and it made the most mm-hmm. sense there. Besides it actually being a pretty cool fight. Yeah. There's like, some good like the um the bomb when he when he webs the bomb and throws it back at him that's that's a great part um especially the um the parallel of that between the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. when he throws it he says i hate those things yeah and then the next time he sees it he just whips it back at him i did like what i hate these things but i'm gonna use it to my advantage yeah so then we have this scene uh (laughs) makai 
Do you remember the first time you saw the scene? I do. I, you know, actually, so I do remember the first time I saw it, but it was not the first time I saw this movie. Okay. Because the first time I saw this movie, my dad skipped this scene <laughs> when he showed it to me. He the fast forward. Dad. So, you know, you know, when you're younger and your dad shows you a movie that like has some things you're not ready to see yet, but he wants to show you the cool fights. So yep. he'll skip through scenes. Absolutely. And, you know, as a kid, you start to realize, oh, that's that scene's inappropriate. You don't really know what that means. You just know that, hey, your parents don't want you to see it. Mm-hmm. And that's the same kind of energy my dad skipped through this scene with. And so I was like, oh, it must be inappropriate. So then like a year or so later, I came back to watch the scene. And I was like, oh, I wonder what was inappropriate about this scene. And I, I was confused. Yeah, it was just that it was. It was just that it bad. was bad and it's weird. Terrible. Okay, the song, of course, that plays is Drive That Funky Soul by James Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this is exactly what James Brown wanted his music, music used for. What this is, is his legacy. <laughs> Toby Maguire <laughs> dancing to it in black hair. In the most white manner, <laughs> he could have been dancing to this song. Um, I do want to say <laughs> some positive things about this scene, though. All right, go ahead. So, if you'll recall, the far superior in every way one of the greatest superhero movies of all time previous movie in this trilogy spider-man 2 mm-hmm. there is also a montage sequence in which toby Maguire's peter parker decides that he no longer wants to be spider-man because his doctor prescribed it and he is walking down the street and playing in the background is raindrops keep falling on my head by that's right bobby darren is it so. Bobby Darren singing it? I think so. That sounds right. Yeah, I might be making a fool of myself, <laughs> but I feel like maybe that's it. But yeah. It, I like the parallel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Execution aside, I do like the parallel of in the first one, he's rain drops keep falling on my head. And in the second one, it's... And he's walking. It's a great impression of that song, Makai. <laughs> Uh, Peter goes into Daily Bugle and he exposes Eddie Brock, played by Topher Grace, yes. and shows that all of his pictures of Spider-Man doing bad things have been photoshopped. And they fire him and Brock's life is over, you know. Um, also, what is with these finger guns? <laughs> Wait, show me what you're talking about. There we go. (laughs) That's right. So he's doing these finger guns. Oh, my God. Which are like half-ass finger guns, where his fingers are like really close together. Like the thumb isn't even pointing up. It's like parallel to his pointer finger. And we have this scene where Dr. Connors calls him on the phone and says, Peter, don't let this near you, you know, but it's too late. And he's having Ursula make him cookies and stuff. And she's more than happy to do it, you know? I love watching in this scene, there's like, there are three women in this time in his life who have just like looked at him and like had a crush on him for so long that are just loving this new version of Peter Parker. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's sad, but also it's kind of funny to watch. Also, why, in what way... 
does him putting hair down over his forehead, doing mediocre finger guns, and strutting in an all-black like button-up and jeans and black shoes, in what way does that warrant women on the street <laughs> to stop in their tracks and stare at you? <laughs> I mean... But I love that also a lot of the women are just like, what? Like what, <laughs> what's going on? It's almost as if they just did this and then filmed real people's reactions to like Toby Rocky, Maguire like doing in Rocky this. when he's actually running down the street and people are like, "Hey, there's a guy <laughs> running." Uh, it's yes. Uh, never did I think I would compare Spider-Man Three to Rocky. <laughs> to Rocky. Um, Two equal caliber movies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Both worthy of Best Picture at the Oscars. Um. But yeah, uh, this scene is the most famous scene in the movie, easily. Yes. Um. So then we see uh, the Sandman again, and he rises out of the water. We thought he was dead, but he's just mud now. Then we have the jazz club scene. Yes. Where he's on a date with Gwen Stacy, played by Bryce Dallas Howard. They go into the jazz club, and of course, Mary Jane is the lounge singer there. Right. Which, good for her. I know. You, you know, know what? It's, it's not easy to get up on your feet after um, your tiny little voice can't be carried past the first row on Broadway. <laughs> after but, you're replaced on Broadway by a far uh, inferior singer, he, he goes up to this hostess <laughs> and says, find us some shade, and slips <laughs> her like a 20 and goes, thanks, hot legs. <laughs> What is with the writing in this scene? I don't know. Who wrote it? <laughs> it's Sam Raimi just being, I don't, he's just like, I don't oh care my gosh. anymore. You know? Sam Raimi's like, um, Kevin Feige's about to buy me out. I just got to make this movie and then I'm done. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually how it went down. That's how I I hope. It. I hope it went down <laughs> like that. Okay. Where did Peter learn to play piano? Um, That's a good question. And I think the alien symbiote. Okay. Taught him how to play piano. Okay. So the alien symbiote is really well versed in music theory. Yes. So being a uh, a classically trained pianist like you are. Yes. Uh, what was your opinion uh, on his piano playing? Um, you know they actually, you know they didn't show his fingers too much. Yeah. But he believably looked like he was playing, and the one time they show his fingers, he is hitting the right notes. Oh, that's good. So I yeah, knew you would pay attention to that. <laughs> Always um, pay attention. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, no, he, the, whoever was in charge of continuity for that scene knew what they were doing. Okay. And the band, uh, the band in the club is full of, uh, the good old boys of New York jazz. Mm-hmm. You um, can tell they can really play. Yeah. Lots, lots of big names there, uh, from Blue Note and everywhere else, Lincoln Center guys. Um, but yeah, it's, I, music wise, this scene is actually very entertaining. Okay. Um, I have a question for you, Will. Yeah. Which scene would you prefer? The club scene or the the James Brown uh, snapping finger gun scene? Uh, absolutely the club scene. Yeah, I would have to go with that too. Absolutely. I feel like it's it fits more in the vein of comedic Spider-Man. Yeah, totally. You know? Which, I mean, it's a little overboard and a little... <laughs> too it's, much let's not get ahead of it it's still bad yeah but especially when it uh when it zooms in right here <laughs> and he says now, <laughs> now dig, dig on, on this, this. <laughs> um my favorite line from any movie ever is now, now dig, dig on, on this. this now dig on this 
and I don't know what she's digging on, but then him and Bryce Dallas Howard share this intimate, like, I don't know what dance they're doing because I don't know dances. Yeah, I don't and stuff. Um, it's some kind of ballroom dance. Uh, and then she gets upset because oh, it was all for her. It was all for Mary Jane. Um, and yeah, that's uh. Then we get a bouncer that looks like Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> who who grabs uh Peter Parker and the other bouncer grabs him and they are about to uh throw him out. Mary Jane runs up to him. Peter whips around and slaps Mary Jane in the face. <sighs> Don't we love domestic violence in a I know. in a superhero movie? Especially earlier when she said, Why are you trying to push me away? And he said, I would never push you away. Ooh, and then he pushes her Makai. away. Oh, that's two points for you. <laughs> um, no, but then we have this scene at a bell tower, which I really like this scene. Do you like this scene? Um, I I like I like this scene. It's um, there's a there's a very specific line on one end of this scene that just it. Uh, the first time I saw it as a little kid. I was like super offended by it, and then now I watch it, and it, I, it really makes me laugh every time I every time I hear it. What line? It's it's Eddie Brock, <laughs> sitting in his church, because you know Eddie Brock goes to church. Everyone knows yeah, that. Yeah, everyone knows Eddie Brock was raised Roman Catholic. <laughs> so he's sitting there. He he very accurately sits down at a Catholic church and mm-hmm. and goes to pray, does the holy water thing. And then he sits down and he says, dear God, I come at you humiliated and whatever else he says. And then he says to ask you for one thing. thing. And what does he say? He says, I want you to kill Peter Parker. (laughs) And I laugh every time he prays for God to kill Peter Parker. Like that's how any any version of. Like, I don't know any denomination or version of Christianity that says if you pray and say, hey, I want you to kill so-and-so, that's, They're like, going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, that part is very is ridiculous. I think visually, though, this scene, um, I think it's just, like, the symbiote ripping off of Peter and the the clock tower the noise and it'll come up later that sound is not what the symbiote likes and it's kind of a foreshadowing moment right i like as as much as the depiction of venom gets slammed on in this movie Mm -hmm. um i do think they did a good job with the the symbiote side of things that is that is how i would always kind of picture the thing that made venom is acting like that uh, yeah i think the whole thing about i don't know um Eddie Brock's voice does not. Topher Grace's voice is not Venom's voice. That's not what Venom sounds like. I yeah, and they. Like. The worst was when, like, they would sometimes change his voice, but also it would be Venom. He would like growl, and then he'd start talking as Venom, and it would still be Topher Grace's voice. Yeah, and it was like, what? No, change his voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make it like menacing. It's like, Topher Grace. it's actually really funny. It's All this I, monster and he's like, oh, hello. He's like, oh, I miss Donna. Oh, <laughs> hide. Let's go down in the basement. All I can hear is Eric Foreman. That's all I can hear. Um, I wanted uh, Venom to die and yell, hello, Wisconsin. <laughs> that's that's what, what I always wanted. There you go. Um, but yeah. Why did I put Shadow? 
I'm I'm looking for a shadow. And I can't. I need a shadow. I'm holding a brush. So here's something that I never like got. Like all this stuff is happening, and there's not really a lot of building up. Like we get the conversation between Venom and uh and Sandman. And Sandman. Um, and it's like they have this quick conversation about teaming up. Then all of a sudden, it's the end of the movie. Like, it's the last scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think... And this is definitely one of the major complaints of this movie is that there's just too many villains. Yeah. And that has plagued superhero movies for years and years. We also get... It's such a quick shot, but it's actually one of my favorites in the movie. It's Peter in the shower. And I really... So it, it always... It takes me back to one of my favorite parts of Lady in the all, Water. We all know you like uh, shots of men in shots showers. Shots of men in showers. Yeah. It really got me. Yeah. No, but like... <laughs> <laughs> I knew I don't, I knew that was coming. I don't know why I was surprised. So he's in the shower. He's in the shower. Okay. And it, it brought me back to one of my favorite scenes in Lady in the Water, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. And it's where... Um, Bob Balaban's character is a movie critic and he's saying why he's like why do characters always kiss in the rain and Paul Giamatti goes well is it like a symbol of cleansing or hope or like new redemption and Bob Balaban goes no that's not it but and I always quote that movie to my dad but like that's what's happening absolutely (laughs) it's like I love the little scene of just like you can see him feeling just so much better yeah it's like Everything isn't better yet, but he's just like, <sighs> but that al- weight's off my chest. Yeah, and also, I mean, in real life, in reality, a shower, if you're feeling down and depressed and stuff, a shower can really help. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So it's a literal thing, too. I like that. That scene is part of what I really like about these Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. which is just like, sometimes it's not all about Spider-Man. Sometimes it's just about a guy who doesn't really know exactly what he's doing in life and he's just trying to figure it out absolutely it's a coming of age film (laughs) so we're at the last scene the big battle and they use like the news like a breaking news story to kind of fill in the holes uh venom has taken uh mary jane and suspended her above the city in a taxi because he disguised himself as a taxi driver um (laughs) Which is great. I think if they made it these days, it would be, he would be an Uber driver. Oh, totally. I have never been to Ufu Jobber, uh, <laughs> but they would have just had that guy play Venom if they made it these days. The guy in the vine. Yeah. This says I have never went to Ufu Jobber. Yeah. Him. Okay. Cool. Uh, I think in this shot, the way uh, the way it's lit, um, with Peter kind of realizing. That he's been a bad friend and been a bad person. Yeah. Right here. I think he looks great. Yeah. It really it really does. I think he looks like Spider Man. Yeah. You know? I agree. Um so we have this scene uh with the butler. What's his butler's name? Uh Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the butler Keep talking, the, I'll look it up. The butler is like, uh your father his uh, wounds came from his own glider, which, okay. Thanks for telling now me. Now you're telling me? 
<laughs> I would have fired I've, on the spot. After I tried to kill my best friend <laughs> multiple times for the murder of my father. And you knew. You knew all this. Oh, goodness. I would have been so mad. I would have been so mad. Just I, I already, I am mad. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm not involved, but I am very mad. Uh, so then we see Mary Jane suspended over the city in these black webs. I like the black webs. That's a nice touch. Yes. For Venom. By the way, uh, the butler's name is uh, Bernard Hausman. Well, duh. Yeah. That's my next guess. <laughs> um, then we see, okay. We see this scene of this uh, woman, the news anchor for Channel 8. Metro New Metro News New York. That's her company. Metro News New York. That's her. Um so she's um she's talking about the fight and she's like the absolute brutality of it. This could be the end of Spider Man. <laughs> it's it's just like, horrifying to watch. Which they're trying to make it dramatic. We know he's gonna survive. One, because he's Spider-Man, and two, because at this point, there had been announced a Spider-Man 4, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I mean, um, I, I think a lot of us wished it was the end. And yeah. It ended up being the end, thankfully. And it did. <laughs> In um, the end, it did end up being the end. Yeah. Um, I do, like, what I, one thing I caught this past time watching it was that... It actually would have been the end of Spider-Man if not for the triumphant arrival of Harry Osborn. Yeah. I, I do like that, I, that aspect of it, but we all knew it was going to happen. So Yeah, absolutely. I also like the touch of when, um, when there's fire being, uh, being shot at Sandman, the sand turns into glass, Yeah, which is a really cool yeah. touch. Um, because that's science, you know? Yes. Uh, science rules. So, <laughs> then teamwork makes the dream work because we get all these uh, things of, of Harry spinning Peter around and they're doing all this cool stuff. And there's really cool shots in this moment uh, where they're, he's like launching him up in the air and he's like using his webs to help him up and stuff. That's really cool. Uh, Eddie says he likes being bad. He's about to stab Peter, and then Harry comes to the rescue. Yay, Harry! But then Harry gets incapacitated, and these metal bars, they fall around uh, Harry, and we see that Venom does not like that. The symbiote does not like sound, as right. we saw earlier in the clock tower. And he has, like, this vision... Peter does and it goes like it's like a flashback which <laughs> we know we get it yeah like you didn't have they to didn't spell have it to out show it us. yeah we got exactly. it and then Harry dies yes which is how does and how does Harry die I think this is actually pretty cool he he sacrifices himself for Peter yes but yes, like, like but he gets he gets uh killed by his glider the same way his father died. exactly um which you know that's really cool uh, not cool that he's dead, right? But, but it's, it's a cool little callback. Um, then Eddie comes at Peter. Peter uh hits Eddie over the head, and he starts like plunging these 
pipes into the ground, upsetting the symbiote, and he finally gets uh gets Eddie out of the suit or out of the symbiote or whatever, and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna destroy Venom. But then Eddie wants why does Eddie jump into the explosion? He knows it's... he's gonna die. <laughs> I think so it goes back to something we talked about, which was um that people who are disappointed with the portrayal of Venom need to understand that the bad guy isn't Venom. The bad guy is the symbiote. That's true. And they, at the very end, they show it. Once they get the suit off of Eddie, they show that it has a life of its own. Even though we've known it has a life of its own, they're kind of just confirming it there that like, hey, he's lost all other methods of using other people. So he's going to try and do it himself. And they blow it up. And, and Eddie did not have the reckoning that Peter did and the the choice to be able to say, oh, I need to get rid of this. Mm-hmm. So he still felt, it, it was a whole Gullum with the ring thing. Yeah, like why does Gullum him. jump into the volcano with the precious? Exactly. Because it's just a part of him and he hasn't been able to separate himself from it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's interesting seeing it because Peter knows what it's like to be with, with that symbiote and i think he knows that if he hadn't had that reckoning if he were in this same situation he probably would have jumped in there with it too yeah absolutely and it's it's interesting yeah it shows that peter has a sort of moral compass that eddie doesn't yes um so then we see sandman again and the scene that made me cry does it make you cry it did this last time i teared up watching it it was yeah. good because he's finally facing his uncle's killer. Yeah. You know, and he knows, and you see that he didn't want to kill anyone. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a spur of the moment thing. He didn't, he didn't, he recounts what actually happened. He didn't mean to kill him, you know, and it was just. And this is, I mean, this is a huge deal. Uncle Ben dying sealed in though with great power comes great responsibility for him mm-hmm. and he knows that is that. his moral compass so yeah exactly and it was you know uncle ben said that to him and and he was like yeah whatever and immediately he died mm-hmm. and that i think is what haunts peter into being spider-man for the rest of his life and so now he's confronting the person who made it that way yeah and he forgives him yeah, and I like good. that. I don't know. I'm cheesy. I like forgiveness. That's and then cool. he drifts off into the sunset. Um, Never to be seen again. Yeah, because they can't afford it. Because they spent their whole budget on the sand. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so when Harry's dying, Peter's crying. What crying scene is better? This one or when Uncle Ben dies? This one. This one, why? Um. Ah. <sighs> Oh, now that I say it, I don't know. I feel like this one, I I feel more of a connection to the character. For sure. Yeah, and there's that where it's like, you're also sad. Because, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to die. Harry was going to die. Um, but, yeah, I think, and, and both attest to how good of an actor Tobey Maguire is in these movies. The first time... It's um he's just in shock and devastated that his dad basically is dying in front of him. Yeah. And you know that makes sense, but in this one it's just he's so emotionally like tried and conflicted and they've all been through so much together and I think I like that's why I like this one better because there's just it's not just complete shock crying. 
it's there's so much going on in his mind at the I moment. I feel like that's part of the reason that this one wasn't memed as much as the original one. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. So, I mean, it was memed some. It was. But uh, then we get this skyline shot. That's great. Yeah. I love that Very shot pretty. at the end. Which is, which is a, a comic book panel. Is it? With, um, with a different character dying. But it is Peter and Mary Jane standing o- sitting oh, over cool. a body. Yeah, I never knew that. That's cool. Then we get uh, the funeral scene. How many of these movies end with a funeral? Uh, do all of them end with a funeral? Or at least two of them. I'm trying to... Th- no, the second one ends with her saying, go get him, Tiger. That's right. Okay, yeah. Um, and he goes, who am I? You know who I am. Or something. I don't I'm know. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. da 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 what's Um, up danger what that's the wrong other spider-man spider-verse okay (laughs) Um, what's the what's miles morales's theme it's what's up danger is that it i always thought it was sunflower by postman that's well that's one too (laughs) the musical theme is just the horn rip it's which is great yeah um that movie has some great music so then we end this movie with a beautiful song uh, I'm through with love, sung by Kirsten Dunst, who, as I've said in the past, is a very underrated singer, in my opinion. But yeah, they reunite, and they're not. Everything's not good, but they're gonna make it work. Hopefully, exactly. in Spider-Man Four, we'll see what happens. Have you seen the video of Tobey Maguire talking about Spider-Man Four days, <laughs> like three before days before they was, pull it? Yeah, that's so sad. <laughs> He's like really excited. I for know. It. It's really sad. All right. Uh, that's the end of Spider-Man 3. <laughs> and the end of Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi's and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man trilogy. That's it. it. Yeah. Um, we'll see. That's true. But as of right now, they have supposedly confirmed yes or no that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in the new Spider-Man. The only thing that has truly been confirmed is that Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electra. Yes, which I'm excited for. Yeah. Um, so, Makai. Yes. I, th- I have some facts. You got some facts? Yeah. Let's hear them. His name is Will Steven, then he's got to read some facts. Yeah. All right. So... This movie originally was going to be split into two movies, a la huh. Hunger Games, Harry Potter, Twilight, you know, but it was going to be the first movie like to do that as interesting. So that was odd. I don't, I don't know how I would, this is more uh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need it. It needed um, just 20 more minutes at the end. Not a yeah, whole separate absolutely. movie. Venom's sounds when he's like jumping towards the camera yeah. is the sound of the Tasmanian devil. Oh, that's cool. Um, not, not the character. Not Taz from the Looney Tunes. No, <laughs> the animal. Gotcha. Um, what else? Oh, uh, Sam Raimi was very unhappy with how the film turned out. No, he was hoping that, actually... that the fourth one would have made up for it. Ah, uh, uh, and Kirsten Dunst like destroyed her vocal cords in the first two movies from screaming so much. So she refused to scream in this movie. So they recycled her screams from the first and second oh, how movies funny. and put them in this one. So yeah, that's my fact. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, also the butler. Uh, this was his last movie because he died a year later. Oh, Gerard. Uh, 
Gerard, is, is that his name? Bernard? Bernard. <laughs> I literally forgot it again. Gerard. Bernard Hausman. <laughs> He's Jean Gerard from <laughs> Talladega Nights. Uh, a great film. Um, yeah, so uh, now it is time for our segment. Favorites and least favorites. Favorito y manos favorito. All right, uh, Makai, favorite part of this movie? Um... You'll get your rent when you fix this damn door. Okay. My favorite part is any scene. I mean, it kind of ties in with yours. Any scene that Ursula's in. Any <laughs> Ursula. Scene in. Favorite character. Underrated MVP of Absolutely. the whole trilogy. Absolutely. Uh, least favorite part. Oh, man. I, I, okay. Should we exclude the obvious? Yes, we should, because actually... As bad of a scene as that is, it's not my least favorite part it's anymore not. because of how many, just how big of a deal it's become. Okay. I enjoy what, I'm excited when that scene comes up now. Yeah, it's now. not like, there's no shocking, like, oh, it's so bad yeah. anymore. So, least favorite part. Um, I don't know. I guess just the portion of the movie in between the final fight and the the church scene. Just that little portion. Besides the shower. The shower is cool. <laughs> um, we shower, know, the, Makai, we the know. shower resonated with me, everyone. Stop talking about men in showers. <laughs> no, but like we, you said, it's just, it just happens all of a sudden. This, the three-line conversation between Sandman and Venom is just so lame and shoehorned. I, that's probably my least favorite. I don't hate this movie. I enjoy yeah. it. Um, my least favorite part is... I think I think it's the conversation between Venom and Sandman. Yeah, just because Topher Grace's voice ruins it. <laughs> um, the second Venom opens his mouth and it's not anything but a monster talking. Yeah, it's like I like I'll use Joel McHale because we were talking about that. If it had been Joel McHale's voice, that would have been dumb. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but it would have been better. It would have been better. Joel McHale. <laughs> um, it would have been like. Uh, you want to kill the spider. Uh, I want to kill the spider. Um, it's like, so we both can agree that we, we need, need the spider, spider killed. Dead. We need so him to be dead. why would we not join each other? That's a great Joel McHale. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Good movie or bad movie, McKay? Fun movie. I didn't ask that. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll say good. Yeah. I may or may not be right about that, but I will say it's a good movie. I think it's a good movie. I don't think uh, it's a terrible movie. No, not at all. And like I said, I I enjoy watching this movie consistently. So, yeah. Um, I think that's the end of this episode. All right. Thanks well, for uh, tuning in. Thank you. It's It took us a week to record this. It'll take you hopefully no more than two hours. <laughs> <laughs> to listen. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.